I think that we have to talk about this because so often, you know, it kind of reminds me of like inbox zero, you know, like a lot of people are trying to like get their emails to zero. I feel like in spirituality, they're trying to get their thoughts to zero. That is yep. not reality. That's <laughs> not realistic. That is not realistic at all. And, you know, if someone finds the answer to that, let me know. But uh, but really, the the like you said, the intention is about being aware of what was already there before we were doing any of these things. It's just yes. that we become, we, we grow in our awareness and we grow in our ability to notice it with humor and compassion and you know oh look at that you know self-criticism is here again and just connect back in with what's important with us so we don't don't resist all of those thoughts we don't judge ourselves and all that it's actually just about then going oh look at all that content and then connecting with with what's required from, from us in that moment If you know there is something deep inside of you that is yearning to be seen, to be known, and to have expression, if there's something you need to reclaim and remember, maybe it's your power, your purpose, your gifts, this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Reclaiming Ourselves. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm honored to have three amazing co-hosts Laura Shook Guzman, Belinda Hahn, and Emily Sikorsi here with me on this journey to self-discovery. Every week, we're going to help you unravel and remember what it means to reclaim yourself, to own who you are, to recognize your innate worth and greatness. Now, this podcast is a deep dive into self-development, healing, and empowerment. So hold on. Here we go. and welcome back to Reclaiming Ourselves. I am super excited because this week we're diving into actually one of my favorite topics and I'm with Belinda Hahn who is definitely one of my favorite co-hosts and so we're going to have a really awesome chat and exploration around what we're coining as grounded spirituality. Okay, so this is a big one to unpack. Belinda, how are you doing? Yes, it is a big one to unpack, <laughs> but I'm really excited to give it a go with you. I think, it, yeah, I'm really excited about this conversation. It's a real passion area for me as well. Yeah. And so maybe let's start with talking about what spirituality is, at least what perspective that we want to look at it through so that, you know, Belinda and I were talking a little bit before the episode about how people often frame spirituality. And I think we look at it from a very different viewpoint. So maybe let's start there. How would you define spirituality, Belinda? Yes. Well, it's it's such a big topic and it's really one that is so personal and private. So it's really hard to sort of put a definition around, but I think there's a lot of confusion and, you know, we've all got a lot of history, you know, potentially with religion and all of that sort of thing. Um, so I might just actually use Brene Brown's words okay, to great. describe I what I mean by spirituality because I think she does a much better job than I could. Um, so spirituality is recognizing and celebrating that we are all inextricably connected to each other by a power greater than all of us and that our connection to that power and to one another is grounded in love and compassion. Practicing spirituality brings a sense of perspective, meaning and purpose to our lives. 
I love that. I think that really does provide such a powerful viewpoint, right? I mean, and I think that the things that have always stood out for me in terms of that kind of definition around spirituality is that it's something bigger than ourselves. Yes. Right? So, you know, I think that's a really important piece and it's our relationship to that bigger thing, right? So it's how we yes. view it, how we respond with it, how we relate with it. And it very much is centered around connectedness. Yes, absolutely. And it doesn't have to involve religion at all. That's right. So, you know, and the way that I look at it in terms of my own practical experience of this, it's sort of connecting with something bigger than myself and also uncovering the layers that prevent me from experiencing my true nature, which is mm. all, already whole, perfect and complete. Yes, I love that because I guess we can't really talk about spirituality without also talking about it, our essential self, right? Yes. And so let's kind of unpack even what that is because, you know, I talk a lot about the essential self or the authentic self or the innate self, but, you know, how would you define the essential self? It's really how we were born. We we're born these pure, innocent, whole beings. And then, as I think I've mentioned before, life just throws a whole lot of things our way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we innocently and naturally create defences and protection to be able to survive and to be able to live in, in the world. And so this happens obviously in childhood and then also in adulthood as well. You know, mostly we're not even aware of these kind of defences and protections, but what we might experience are behaviours in ourselves that we're not happy with or, you know, we're constantly hooked by um, our conditioning, fear and all, all of that sort of thing. But then, you know, at, at, at a certain point, we get a call to come home <laughs> to that essential self. And, and in my experience and in the, in what I've witnessed with others as well, it's really born from intense suffering or difficulty that that call really comes forward. And maybe we get lots of small, subtle messages to come home to that essential self, but we, you know, are too busy or distracted or, you know, just doing our thing, life is happening and kids and everything like that, that we can't either act or we can't hear that call. And then sometimes it takes a big knock on the head to, to realize that, you know, it's time to come back home. Yeah. You know, and I think it's really important to say too, that real spirituality includes our connection to our essential self, right? Because I yes. think if you think about sort of what a lot of us traditionally, you know, looked at as spirituality, so religions, you know, oftentimes they can shame our essential self, right? Mm. There's a lot of shaming in certain um, religions or certain indoctrination, certain doctrines. And so, you know, when we are shamed, we disconnect from our essential self. And, you know, I think it's important to that when we talk about spirituality, you know, there has to be this connection to your essential self. So it's not just practicing a doctrine or repeating something that someone else has taught you to repeat. It is your actual connection to your essential self and something bigger than yourself. Yes, absolutely. And I, I think that personally, you know, I've sort of seen that perhaps being on the spiritual journey means an end to all suffering and that these teachers have somehow like 
got it all sorted and that they don't suffer and they're, you know, you know, always compassionate and all of that. And then you realize actually the journey is actually personal and private and it is actually about connecting to our essential self. And I think that some people get confused about that because they think, oh, that's a selfish kind of spirituality. But actually, if we're connected to our essential self, then everything naturally happens. We're naturally more compassionate. We're naturally more present with others. So that through that inner journey, it actually has outer ripples that just make the hugest difference to the people that we love. Yes, I love that. Okay, so we've kind of created at least a a sort of reference point with what we're talking about around spirituality. Let's maybe unpack and talk about why this is important, right? Why does it matter that we talk about spirituality, that we reclaim spirituality, whatever that looks like for us? Why do we need to have a whole topic on this, right? I think that's an important thing because some people might listen to this and be like, ah, I don't really care about that, or it's not really important for me, or it doesn't really matter to me. But why should we, why does it matter, right? And how can we share with people some of the values and the importance of this topic? Yes, yes. Well, you know, in terms of my own journey, I I really feel like the reason why this has been important is I've had this really strong drive and intention to live a full, rich, and meaningful life. And so that has always been really from a young age, my motivation. And I guess I've then realized that connecting to a spiritual path was the way for me to sort of be able to fulfill that and also do all of the psychological work that I've done as well. Um, but from a science perspective, so, um, and I know that a lot of people really value that, you know, um, neuroscientists at um, Columbia and Yale University in 2018 Mm. discovered the spiritual part of our brain. So that is when we're connecting to something higher and bigger than ourselves. And it doesn't have to be a connection to God through prayer. That that could be one of the things. Wow, I love that. It can even be a sporting event. (laughs) And, you know, I know in America and Australia as well, big sporting fans. Yeah. People are going to love hearing this. You're validating their passion. Yeah, absolutely. So that is a connection. That is spirituality. And um, and it's something that people don't probably think about, but that's actually that sense of just openness and spaciousness and connection beyond ourselves as well. And, you know, being in nature, you know, when you're in nature, it can just be that expansion because you realize that nature's just there doing its thing. It's sort of not really phased by, by what's going on. Um, so that's that. And in terms of the benefits, the scientific benefits of spirituality, we have increased health outcomes, greater psychological mm-hmm. well-being, less depression, less hypertension, less stress, you know, our ability to sort of deal with stress is, you know, so much greater. So they're the sort of scientific kind of validations, I guess, of of connecting to something higher. But to me, you know, in terms of the reclaiming ourselves, I have been on the reclaiming ourselves journey for about 20 years and I have reclaimed myself and take action towards reclaiming myself to what I think Gabor Mate says, the secondary self. 
<laughs> so the the self mm. that I constructed myself to be, which was not the essential self. And so yeah. it just took me down so many rabbit holes of thinking that this is the path, this is who I'm meant to be, this is how I'm showing up in the world. Mm. But it was really based on a false self. Mm. And as I've become more aligned to my essential self, then life is, it just has a, a greater alignment. You know, I still get hooked and have suffering and all of that, but I feel much more resourced to be able to deal with that. So that's sort of a practical reality. Yes. <laughs> Yes. And I think that resource, our ability to be able to resource, right? Laura and I have talked a lot about that in some of our previous podcasts where it's that source, right? So our essential self is connected to that source. Our spirituality is connected to that source, whatever that source looks like for you. And we need to resource ourselves. Yes. And so often what happens is if we if we don't have a healthy spirituality, if we don't feel the connectedness to something bigger than ourselves, and we're in a disconnection with that, we feel mm. less resourced. We feel more exhausted. We feel more at the edge of burnout. We like there's so many ways at which, you know, when we disconnect to spirituality, when we disconnect to something bigger than ourselves, we are disconnecting to our innate power, our innate worthiness, you know, who we were born to be. Yes. And so I think that is such a key thing to recognize when we talk about essential self. And when we talk about connecting to something bigger, they're one and the same. They're, yes. they're part of that same thing, that same arc, that same piece. Because I think a lot of times when people think about reclaiming themselves, they feel sometimes like they have to disconnect from everyone else, right? Or yes. disconnect from things that are bigger than themselves to hoard their energy, right? So, so you know, I want to unpack this for a second because I think this is really important, right? There's this idea that we're we're spending all our energy outside of us especially for women yes. and moms and business owners and many other people like that and so we think that by disconnecting from everything we're going to resource ourselves but it's actually the opposite yes absolutely and as and I know that you and I both we absolutely love solitude and space to ourselves and mm -hmm. part of my spiritual journey has been to see that life is the spiritual journey <laughs> yes. and it's like all of the things yes. you know that all the content all the things that happen that is the practice of being able to meet those moments you know and it's sometimes so difficult and you know I've had so many fantasies about just going on retreat on my own because then everything's going to no, be no. fine because I'm going to be resourced and I just have to look after myself <laughs> yeah but you know what's so interesting Belinda like and tell me if you have the same experience the thing is I can be with myself and be disconnected or I can be with myself and be connected right so yes. my best most expansive times the times that I'm connected to my essential self and my spiritual self right those are times I might still be alone but like you said I'm in nature I'm connected to nature I'm looking at life through this really expansive and connected lens so I might still be literally physically by myself 
but I'm fully connected. And I can also disconnect, right? I can I can be in a Netflix binge. I can, you know, be in this place where I'm totally sheltered and I'm not feeling connected to anything. And so I am physically, you know, separated and spiritually separated. And so, yes. you know, it is it's not about being alone or being with people. It's about the spirit at which you are alone or the spirit at which you are with people. Yes, absolutely. And as we'll talk about in forgetting and remembering, it's also it's also navigating all of that mm-hmm. as well, you know, the connection, disconnection and all of all of that. And what I've really found has been the secret source that I've really only started to embody this year is compassion. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is the secret source for everything, including our, our spiritual growth, because what has happened up until this year really is that in a way I've used my spiritual journey as a way of avoiding the content that was arising. So, you know, there's a term called spiritual bypassing where mm-hmm. you just access higher awareness and higher states and avoid the content, uh, the psychological and emotional content and therefore, you know, not really moving towards being a compassionate present <laughs> person, which is what I want. And and that was part, that was like full compassion to myself for doing that because it was actually really painful being with myself. You know, for a long time, there was just so much flooding of emotional content and psychological content that arose. So of course, I wanted to go back into these blissful awareness states. But I think that um, that's where that, you know, once I sort of have started to really embody and practice compassion, that has been the difference between being able to be with myself in that open state versus having that sort of real constriction and disconnection. Yeah. Oh, I can so feel that. And, you know, for me, one of the things I've really struggled with is that a lot of the spiritual communities I've tested out or I've been a part of, so often they're practicing a lot of spiritual bypassing or so often they're longing not for the human interactions or the human connection or understanding how they work or navigating what's coming up for them. Instead, they're trying to achieve these high states of enlightenment or these, like they're trying to escape right? It's just like another form of escape. And it's always drove me crazy because I've always said, I'm here for a reason. Like I'm on this earth, I'm present, I'm in a human form, I'm in a human body. There's a reason for that. And I think that, you know, we can use that framework of like embodied spirituality or grounded spirituality versus, you know, ungrounded spirituality or disembodied. (laughs) Yeah, disembodied, right? Like it's escapism. It's just another thing. I mean, and our ego is so beautifully smart. You know, I'm not one to say the ego is bad. We need it. It has a proper place in our, in our experience. And it's wonderfully smart in being able to take anything that we're using, anything that we're practicing and use it for bypassing and use it to escape and use it to hurt people. Right. So, you know, so many of us have experienced sometimes in our spiritual places or in our spiritual communities, some of this going on. And, you know, for me, you know, especially growing up in a lot of sort of Christian communities and very religious communities, I really rejected all spirituality at first. I was Mm. like, okay, I'm done with all of this. It's incongruent. There's really mean people, people, People aren't very embodied. I didn't use those words, but, you know, I could feel that. 
And it, it took me a long time to come back to understand that spirituality is not that, right? Yes, exactly. And it's sort of always coming back to our intention about why we're even bothering. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, are we doing it to feel better, which I honestly really feel like that was my intention for many years unconsciously, or are we doing it so that we can show up and make the most, like Mary Oliver talks about, what are you going to do with this one wild and precious life? Like that to me is the intention of spirituality is like, it's not about, you know, in our next life being better or having a better life. It's about this life and just really making the most of it. And that is my goal and intention for even bothering. Yes. And I think really grounded spirituality, it brings us to more aliveness, right? Like that's, yes, the, that's the piece. It brings us to more aliveness. And there's no bypassing of the feelings. It's You're not sitting in bliss all the time. You know, even, you know, this is one of the, the sort of challenges I've seen even like with meditation. I love meditation. I think it's beautiful. And I have seen a lot of people practice meditation where they're all Zen and they're all like, oh, I'm a meditator. And then in their the rest of their life, they're mean spirited. They're not practicing compassion with themselves or others. You know, they're judgmental like so it's this really interesting reframe around it right so yes. that we can recognize that first of all it's always a practice so all of us are going to be judgmental at times all of us are going to be but yes. owning that process and recognizing that embracing our spirituality in a grounded or an embodied way is really about being like you said with anything that surfaces with any content that comes up yes. and sometimes that will be blissful and sometimes that will be torture and yes. it's just it's just being with it right Yes, yes, absolutely. And I think it's, you know, alarm bells should be ringing if you're ever in a spiritual community that sort of says this is the one way to to do things and then everything is going to be fine. And, you know, one of the one of the practical ways of sort of accessing spirituality, I think, is practicing humility mm. and realizing that we're all flawed human beings yes. and, you know, that we have both strengths and limitations and by really sort of owning that and embodying that and realizing that it's not just me because I definitely have gone towards that, you know, everyone's better than me and I'm the worst. Um, but, you know, looking at a really balanced perspective and then that helps you to realize that common humanity, we are all flawed. You know, um, Kristen Neff talks about being a compassionate mess. And I think that just really resonates that we're all on this journey that is no perfect at all. That's right. There's no perfect. There's no having it all together. There's no, you know, non-messy. There's no organized way to do it all. It's it's a journey. And, and I think that that's part of, you know, that connectedness we talk about in spirituality is recognizing that we're not alone, recognizing that we're very much connected with other people. And I think 
I also see the opposite of that, right? When we're comparing ourselves and disconnecting to other people because we feel like, oh, we're the only person experiencing this or we're the biggest loser here or like that's a way we're disconnected to our spiritual realm. And it's a sign, right? A sign that we need to reconnect to something bigger than ourselves, reconnect to that essential nature, reconnect to compassion, reconnect to this idea that we're all in it together. Yes, absolutely. And one of the things that I really, value about yoga nidra which i've trained in is that they they talk about um that we have pointers to that that come into our life pointers to our disconnection if you like and they're just messengers they're just coming here so the messenger might be i'm not good enough or i need more time or i have to do more i need to be more i need to do things differently that's actually just a pointer that's sort of highlighting that we've disconnected from our essential self, that they're all just conditioned kind of responses that can either be from our own conditioning, but also let's not forget we sit in a society that's full of messages about how we should be and all of that. Like it's literally just like a little pointer to say rather than, oh, my gosh, I'm feeling this way, resisting, judging, disconnecting from ourselves even further by self-criticism and all of that we can just practice and it is a practice just going oh isn't that interesting I've I've disconnected what can I do from a compassionate perspective to support that reconnection to sort of come back to that wholeness that that already exists Mm. the ground of being yeah yeah I love that and I want to kind of like pull a thread to something that I think a lot about, and I'd love to know kind of your perspective on it as well. I teach a lot about, you know, sort of burnout or energy management. And, you know, one of the things I talk about is that we can't really compartmentalize the different parts of ourselves, right? So we have a spiritual part, we have an emotional part, we have a mental part, we have a physical part. And, you know, a lot of people try to compartmentalize all those pieces. And so we we deem that the spiritual part might not be important, might not be something we need to think about on a daily basis. Maybe we just do it once in a while. And we don't recognize the impact that each one of these parts has on the whole, yes. right? Like we we can't be completely disconnected in our spiritual realm and then be fully connected everywhere else, right? It's like that disconnection filters in and spills over into every area of our lives. So what I see a lot, especially in working with leaders or business owners, is that a lot of time they focus on kind of those other three areas are really mostly the physical area and their mental area. And their spiritual area, they kind of just... I don't know, put on hold or put not as a priority. And yet it's impacting and affecting every other experience they're having in their lives. And so what do you think about that? Like, because I I think some of our listeners sometimes are going to be like, oh, I don't know. I don't know about this topic. You know, tell, tell us, you know, why this is impactful for me right now. Yes. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a great question. And what's sort of arising is the, the practice of integrative restoration yoga nidra uh, has been so since so much benefit for ptsd sufferers and all of that and bear with me when i sort of pull out the thread here is that you can have all of our thoughts and emotions and everything arise but by connecting with the spiritual dimension of ourselves we we get to experience our wholeness whilst 
we are experiencing the content of our lives. And that has, that has been one of the most beautiful, um, bits of feedback that's come from yoga nidra is that, um, these people that come back from war who have got so much, um, trauma, they can connect with that innate wholeness that is unchanged by anything that they've experienced or any action that they have done. So to me, it's like the most resourceful and resilient practice to deepen into this connection of wholeness because no matter what we're experiencing, all of the fear and doubt and everything will always come up. And the ways that we feel like we've failed or imposter syndrome, all of that is in our experience and we're not getting rid of that. But we can hold it with a greater awareness and a greater sense of being held yeah, I love that. It's like I kind of see like the spiritual realm, like you're, you know, as you're describing, it's like it's the container. It's the container that can kind of hold everything. And one of the ways that I define spirituality is the way we make meaning of things, right? But it's different coming from the spiritual realm than it is coming from our mental realm. Now, our mind, our thinking mind wants to make a meaning out of everything, but often those connections are rooted in patterns. They're rooted in false beliefs. They're, you know, the thinking mind holds kind of all those false structures, right? All those patterns of indoctrination that we've had. And so when we're trying to make meaning from that lower place, from the, you know, thinking mind, the meaning is often false or the meaning is not in service to ourselves or the meaning is not true, right? It's based on some small self we think we have or some definition we have versus when we're making meaning from the spiritual self, from that bigger self, and we're connected to our real self and all things, then the meaning we make is expansive and the meaning mm. we make is more truthful. And I think that's a really key point to this process. Absolutely. And as we increase our spiritual sensitivity, it becomes so obvious when we are operating from that conditioned response because we feel constricted and jaws mm. tighten and our minds are just going, going, going like this versus it just actually it's almost like there's there's so much neutrality to it Mm -hmm. it's just like an equanimity of yes like it is this is just it it's like um just coming home like that sense Mm -hmm. of it's ordinary in a way Mm -hmm. and and also just that felt sense of yes yeah I agree I don't know. You always feel at home when you're connected. Like that's part of that spirituality. And and also what I often like to discern between spirituality and traditional religion or, or you know, and not everyone's experience of religion is the same. So some people have a beautiful spiritual mm-hmm. connection to their religion as well and other people don't. So, you know, not, not to make it one way or the other, but I think the difference in the distinction is that when you are connected spiritually, you are expanded, you are open, you feel connected to things, you feel 
at peace with the world, right? There is a sense of something that everything's okay, right? There's this, you know, glorious feeling. And then sometimes in certain religions or in certain people's experience with religion, they've had experiences where they felt constricted, they felt, you know, forced to do things, or they felt like they couldn't be themselves. And that that is not spirituality. And so I think, you know, it's good to kind of distinguish between those so that we can understand that if you have had traumatic or bad experiences with spirituality or religion, that doesn't have to be how you carry forward. There can be a new definition, a new way to look at it that still connects that spiritual self. Yes, absolutely. And and really, as we engage in spirituality, it's really like us coming back to compassion, but really having that connection with ourselves to uncover whether this is working for me or not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had, I was really interested in Buddhism and, and from a very young age, very interested in Buddhism and continue to be interested in Buddhism. But I had to take a break about two years off from Buddhism because I realized that from a nervous system perspective, I just could not do the eightfold path or do the, you know, I just, I was using the, the wisdom, the beautiful wisdom of Buddhism as another um, yardstick of how much I'm failing, you know, and I simplified the teachings of Buddhism in a way like I'm just, you know, I'm just not having right view when actually what I really needed to do is really support building internal capacity to be able to be with myself and to be with the present moment. And I had to do a lot of, you know, I did somatic experiencing to really be able to experience the present moment fully because it's not actually easy. And it's one of those terms that people talk about, you know, being present, but it actually is a journey in and and of itself to be able to have the direct experience of what's happening and not freak out. That was my experience anyway. Mm -hmm. I can relate to that. I think I love in our world now that more of the language we're using, like even on this podcast, is more recognizable, like more people are talking about it. And a lot of times some of the language we're using for spirituality is very surface, right? Like people mm-hmm. haven't had the direct experience with it. And so like you, like you said, being present is a great example of that because I try to practice presence a lot and... <laughs> like a constant like challenge a constant skill building and some moments I have it and I'm like oh this is the direct experience of the moment and then I lose it again yeah and so you know all of these things I think is important to understand that these are practices and you know these are things that we're going to spend a lifetime exploring and that you know, some of these things are really difficult, especially in a world that has taught us that the opposite is what's valued, that the opposite is how we should operate. And so, you know, we're having to learn completely new skills that open us up to vulnerability, Mm -hmm. that really open us up to things we've ignored, things we haven't healed, trauma that we have not named. And so I think all of these pieces are really important to acknowledge as we're approaching a spiritual journey. Yes, absolutely. And it's, you know, it's easy for people to sort of say, just be vulnerable, you know, (laughs) that that actually is, gosh, that has been a really, 
massive journey for me because vulnerability felt like annihilation. (laughs) And, And even, you know, one of the core aspects of mindfulness is being able to welcome whatever's present in our experience, whether that's big emotions or not. Well, if your nervous system feels so in threat constantly, then how can you welcome these big emotions like anger and despair? And, and so that, that embodiment piece and sort of being able, like if, if spirituality is not working for you or you're not able to sort of do the things, <laughs> you know, that, that are like, um, talked about as, as the spiritual path and, to me, it's like really it's not your fault. You know, it's it's actually just a journey of coming home that takes, that is a slow journey. You know, I was like took my type A <laughs> high achieving, I'm going to be the best spiritual person and I, the brakes were put on really quickly, you know, um, because I realised that actually there was there was a, a lot of work to be done to be able to inhabit and embody myself in the present moment. Mm-hmm. And rather than making myself wrong, which I did for a long time, it's like just, well, of course, you know, there's things that have happened to me and, you know, there's things that have um, that have been difficult. So, of course, my nervous system's hypervigilant for danger and danger might be, you know, a big emotion because perhaps I haven't had the experience of being held in that, you know, in unconditional love. I mean, we could we could spend a whole entire podcast talking about like the sympathetic and parasympathetic yeah. systems and the nervous system. And, you know, I, I think sometimes when we struggle to practice some of the spiritual practices, so maybe that's meditation. Maybe if you tried meditation, you just can't do it. You can't sit there. You can't, you know, do it for long periods of time without constantly thinking or it's just uncomfortable. Sometimes there is steps prior mm-hmm. to those practices, you know, that will be more conducive to connecting you to your essential self and to connecting you to something bigger than yourself. I want to kind of steer in before we wrap up today, like, okay, we talked kind of about what spirituality is, what grounded spirituality is, but how do we start practicing that? Where do we start, right? And so some of you may already have a very established spiritual practice and it's working for you and that's fantastic. But I think for some of us, if we don't have that regular practiced kind of spiritual component or everything we've tried hasn't worked for us, where can we start? Yes. What's your take on that? Oh my goodness. It's such a great question. And I think, you know, it starts with us creating space for us to be with ourselves yes, and 100%. in whatever form that takes. Like I would say, even though I teach meditation, I'm not actually a natural meditator at all. I've got such a busy mind. So, so letting go of any rules about what it needs to look like, but ultimately the goal is to create space for yourself and to connect with yourself. And so whether that is, so I find going for a 30 to 45 minute walk is really useful because the first 20 minutes is all the thoughts happening. Mm -hmm. And then eventually after 20 minutes, they just 
ease. And I always do those walks without listening to anything. That's been my new thing because then I can hear myself, you know. That's where a lot of internal wisdom is shared for me and in the shower, of course, as well. (laughs) (laughs) So so it's sort of letting go of the rules. And, you know, I even love, I love oracle cards as a way to connect. Mm -hmm. I love guided yoga nidra. I love embodiment practices, dancing, singing, you know, listening to music, you know, there's there's many different avenues in which that we can connect with ourselves and and journaling. Oh my goodness. I know yeah. you love journaling. Journaling is just, yeah, such a amazing way to connect with ourselves. And also wisdom, accessing wisdom is just such a balm for me. And I don't know, you know, I'm sure many people can relate to that as well, but accessing wisdom through different teachers and I really love Pema Chodron's a really wonderful teacher especially when you're sort of starting out on the journey and Tara Brach as well and Eckhart Tolle so just they're they're some of my favorite teachers Judith Blackstone so there's accessing wisdom to me just helps me to just move beyond the thinking mind and connecting what about you I'd love to hear about you yeah. Well, I mean, I think you really hit on on something that's so important to me, which is that creating space component, right? We can't practice spirituality without space. So, you know, in our normal day-to-day, we're often like on a clock, going from thing to thing, working at our to-do list, worrying about the future and the past, like there's – and there's no space – well, I think we can't truly connect to ourselves in a pressure cooker. It doesn't work that way. It no. doesn't happen. So I think creating space in a number of ways where you're able to just be with whatever you're experiencing is really powerful. Now, you know, even when I was doing all of my business programs, I didn't talk about spirituality, but I put all these practices into play in every single program I taught. And some of the ways I started people out with contemplation or space or connection to themselves was journaling, was mm-hmm. going for a walk in nature without headphones, without a podcast in their ears. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think those things are really important. And then I used to have people go to like a coffee shop and I'd say, just go to a coffee shop and sit there for two hours. That's all I want you to do. You can bring paper and pen if you want, but nothing else. Don't get on your phone. Don't play, just watch the world around you or feel whatever you feel or whatever, but just just be there. And that is the hardest experience. I mean, people will come back to me and be like, that's impossible, Sonia. I can't do it. I'm like, just try it again, right? Just try it again. I, tr- I promise you'll get to a point where you won't be able to live without that time again, right? Like once yes. you taste it, once you feel it, once once it actually you kind of get past that initial resistance, that initial fear, and then you you have a direct connection with what it feels like to just be present, whatever that looks like for you, you you can't live without it again. It's like no. that reference point is absolutely essential. Absolutely essential. Like I could just I really don't think that you can even connect with yourself without space. I just don't think yeah. it's really possible and and I know myself you know I'm just such a learner and I can feel in my body when I'm just consuming too much (laughs) and that's like a a signal to just stop everything and just reconnect and you know and and that that reconnection especially when we're first starting can be 
kind of alarming in a way because we can go, oh my gosh, look at all these thoughts that I'm having about myself and about mm-hmm. the world. And that can feel painful. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's our default mode network. So when we're actually at rest is when our mind just goes, boop, 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 boop. so kind of expecting that that actually is our experience. And I think a lot of people believe that spirituality or meditation is about being clear of thoughts no, it's actually no. just being mindful of what's That's actually right. experiencing. <laughs> That's absolutely true. You know, I often teach my clients over the years the candle exercise. I don't know if we ever talked about that, you know, years ago. But, you know, the candle exercise is basically like you you put a candle. You can use anything where you can focus on it. You have a piece of paper in front of you. You have a pen. And every time you veer your attention away from the candle, you bring your attention back to the flame and you put a little mark, a little check mark or whatever on your paper. And for so long, everyone thought that, you know, the outcome of this process was supposed to be less checks, right? Less check marks, less leaving the candle flame, you know, more focus on the candle flame. But what happens is you get to more and more layers of awareness of where your attention is drawn away from what you're trying to focus on. And so what actually happens is as you get better at the candle exercise, you have a ton more marks, right? And I think that's such a great example of how a lot of spirituality is not being calm all the time or it's not, you know, like not having thoughts or it's not, you know, we think there's like some outcome like that, but instead it's actually more awareness and more mindfulness about what's always been there. Yes. You know, like it was really funny when I first did the candle exercise, this was like, I don't know, more than a decade ago. And I was practicing it and practicing it and practicing it. And it was really interesting because as I peeled back layers of my mind, I started to recognize that like I was having arguments in the back of my mind. They were probably running all the time, but I didn't hear them, right? I didn't hear them. I didn't pay attention to them. And as I started to free all of that, I started to become more aware of all of that, then I could have a little bit more of a still mind, right? I could have more control over my attention. And so, you know, I think that we have to talk about this because so often, you know, it kind of reminds me of like inbox zero, you know, like a lot of people are trying to like get their emails to zero. I feel like in spirituality, they're trying to get their thoughts to zero. That is not reality. (laughs) That's not realistic. That is not realistic at all. And, you know, if someone I'm fine the answer to that. Let me know. But uh, but really, the the like you said, the intention is about being aware of what was already there before we were doing any of these things. It's just yes. that we become we, we grow in our awareness and we grow in our ability to notice it with humor and compassion. And you know, oh look at that. You know, self criticism is here again. And just connect back in with what's important with us. So we don't, don't resist all of those thoughts. We don't judge ourselves and all that. It's actually just about then going, Oh, look at all that content and then connecting with, with what's required for, from us in that moment. Hundred percent, and I, I think that you know, kind of like we've talked about before. I think compassion is a really important practice of spirituality. It's a whole path to spirituality, and yes. 
you know, if if you want to take nothing else from this, if you just want to practice a little more compassion with yourself, right? Don't even worry about compassion for others. Like, don't even yes. worry about that. If you just want to practice a little more compassion with yourself, that takes you down a whole spiritual journey. That connects you to that essential self and something bigger than yourself automatically. So there's very simple things you can do to reconnect to your spiritual realm, but you have to create the space for it. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, there's a, there's a great quote by Karen Armstrong that talks about compassion being the true test of our spirituality. Mm-hmm. When we can be compassionate with ourselves and others, that is the test. It's not accessing higher realms or anything like yes. that. In my personal experience, it's really, it's really that, you know, how can mm-hmm. we be, that's how we know whether we're making progress. <laughs> Yes, that's right. And compassion for self and for others, right? Like it's both. And because I know so many people who are so compassionate with others and not compassionate with themselves. And so it really is that that key is both and and both. (laughs) Yes, 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 exactly. Well, this has been an amazing conversation. I could talk about this all day. Anything that you want to, you know, kind of finish saying? Any last thoughts before we wrap up for today? Gosh, it's it's been yeah, so beautiful talking to you about this topic. And you know, I really, I really think if people are just curious, then just follow that curiosity and you know, start small. You know, go mm-hmm. for walks without listening to something, (laughs) you know, like I find that that can be the best spiritual practice for me every day because then we get to hear that little voice that's so wise within us Mm -hmm. and that's our essential self. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you, Alinda. And thank you all for listening and we will see you next week. hope you enjoyed the show if you want to learn more about this topic head over to belindahan.com you can sign up for my newsletter to be the first to find out about my classes and events have an amazing day and we'll see you next time Ta-da!